think we need a sermon today. <laughs> I think we received the blessing of the Lord and the word of the Lord uh, through that testimony. You know, what we do here at Maple Park Church isn't just for, for our benefit, for the, the sake of tradition. It's just not a nice little thing that we do to feel better. It really uh, has impact upon lives uh, in a very real and profound and powerful way, both today and for eternity. And what Christ offers to us is of eternal eternal comfort of eternal benefit and we hear of this in Isaiah the 40th chapter and here the Lord is commanding Isaiah but what does the Lord command Isaiah to do well verse 1 of chapter 40 comfort the Lord says comfort my people says your God speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged, rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass. And all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God. His grace and his mercy and his truth, it endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a mount, high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. And the second reading that we have for today comes from 2 Peter, the third chapter. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Then the gospel lesson for the second Sunday of Advent is taken from the first chapter of St. Mark's Gospel. Please stand for the reading of our gospel lesson. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him confessing their sins they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. 
John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. And he ate locust and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your eternal comfort. Thank you that you give us not that which lasts, which is temporary, but that which lasts for eternity. Give us that which lasts forever. Give us your word today, which endures forever. May it penetrate our ears into our heart and out of our lives and into a world that is walking in darkness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. God commanded Isaiah, the prophet, he commanded Isaiah and he said, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. God's command to Isaiah was to comfort his people. God's command was not to stop smoking, although that's a good thing to do. Uh, God's command was not to stop cussing, which is probably a good thing to do. God's command wasn't to lose weight, which is a good thing to do. God's command wasn't even to do more for the church, which is a good thing to do. God's command wasn't to do anything but to offer, in this passage here, to offer comfort, comfort for the people. So the point of today's sermon is this, is that God comforts us, and we are called to comfort others. You see, we live in a dark world. People are going through some, some difficult, deep things. Trauma, difficulty, hardship. There's no shortage of opportunities for us to bring comfort to others. But we don't want to comfort people only with temporary solutions. Temporary solutions. Many temporary solutions are good. For example, we open our church on the coldest nights of the winter and we offer the comfort of the warmth of our building. We offer the comfort of, 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 of a comfortable mat to sleep on and a hot meal to eat. It's a, it's a temporary solution that brings comfort to people and it's good and it lines up with what God has commanded us to do and to love our neighbor. But there are also examples of unhelpful temporary means of comfort. And one comes by way of a story I heard from a church member of mine in New York. And he tells the story of when he tragically lost his brother. And he was in deep pain. And he was up in, his, in the upstairs bedroom. And his, his newlywed wife was there with him. And he was crying and he said, I don't know what to do. And, and she didn't know what to do for him. And she left and she got in the car and she drove away. She returned very soon and came upstairs and she had a bottle in a brown bag. And she gave the bottle to her husband. And he drank. And he drank. And he drank. Temporary, temporary means of trying to bring comfort. In the end, it, it didn't help him. It made things worse. He never learned how to deal with hardship in life because every time he, he faced a hardship in life, what did he do? He, 
He drank. So what we offer is not temporary comfort to people, but eternal comfort to people. God doesn't offer you a comfort that is temporary. He offers a true and a lasting comfort, a comfort that penetrates the heart and lasts for eternity. And how does this comfort come to us? Well, it comes through, uh, through the prophet Isaiah. God tells us how his divine comfort comes to us. Isaiah 40, verse 2, God says to Isaiah, speak tenderly, speak tenderly to Jerusalem, proclaim to her, speak. If you read this passage within its literary context, you'll learn that hard times were to come to Jerusalem because of their sin. Because of their sin, they deserved God's judgment. And much of Isaiah deals with prophecies about the impending doom that would come upon them. Much of Isaiah deals with, with God enabling the king of Babylon to invade Judah and eventually to, to breach the walls of Jerusalem and to besiege Jerusalem and to take captive the Jews to Babylon. Much of Isaiah has to do with the people of Israel not following after God. And because they did not follow after God, judgment was to come upon them. And Isaiah 39, just the chapter before Isaiah 40, deals with the prophecy of how Babylon would defeat Jerusalem. And then here in Isaiah, so you go from 39 with this, Isaiah 39 with this horrific uh, news of impending judgment. And then we come to chapter 40. He follows up this word of, of judgment with a word of comfort. Comfort, comfort, my people, Jerusalem. It's almost like uh, this is a, a preemptive comfort because we know from, uh, from Isaiah that this that this, the fulfillment of the prophecy of the Babylonians invading Jerusalem wouldn't happen for over a hundred years. It was, it was over a hundred years after Isaiah prophesied that the king of Babylon in 586 B.C. finally breached the walls of Jerusalem. And judgment came upon Jerusalem. It wasn't, it wasn't that it was going to happen tomorrow or it wasn't happening that day. But God preemptively says, comfort, comfort my people. Over a hundred years before it happens, God is already comforting his people. And we need that preemptive comfort too. You might not be walking through a painful situation in your life right now. Today might be the best day of your life. You might be walking through the greatest season of your life today. And you might say, I, I don't need any comfort today because God is, is so good. You have no pain in your body. You have no difficulty in your family. But you still need this comfort. Because one day, you're going to walk through hardship. 
And you need to remember this passage of comfort, that our God is a God of comfort. You might say, I don't need comfort today, but I say take hold of it anyway. And never forget that your God is the God of comfort, not temporary comfort, but eternal comfort, a comfort that lasts forever. This is the way God works. God doesn't, doesn't lie to us and tell us that everything is going to go well. God warns us that we are broken, our world is broken, and we will face the pain of a world broken by sin. God tells us the hard truth of sin's consequences, but he never leaves us with only a painful message. He comes with a message of comfort. Yes, he speaks the law. He thunders from Sinai. Our knees tremble. Because we know we're sinners before a holy God. Then he comes and he speaks tenderly. A word of comfort. Our God comes to us with the hard law and the tender gospel. The hard facts of our fallen world and the message of mercy and grace. God doesn't leave us in the reality of our misery. He brings comfort. Comfort that people hunger for. And then John the Baptist shows up. I believe the people hungered for this comfort in the days of John the Baptist. And here John the Baptist comes with a completely different message, a message of repentance. Repentance for what? For the forgiveness of sin. A message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You see, all the people heard from the religious leaders of the day was law. Law laid upon law. Law piled upon law. No comfort, only commandments piled on top of commandments. The do's and the don'ts weighed heavy upon the hearts of the people. But John, he came proclaiming a different message. A message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. For me, in my walk with Jesus, repentance is the most precious gift that I have. It is probably the most comforting actual experience, feeling of God's presence in my life. For me, repentance has no negative feeling or thought or association with it. It's something that I wish that I walked in more often. For me, repentance has offered profound comfort of heart and mind. And, and for those of you who have walked with Jesus, you understand that profound comfort and freedom that comes because you know that God is kind. He is a tender God who has given you the comforting gift of repentance. What is repentance? Well, repentance, you know, it, it may, may begin, it, it may start with not feeling very good because we have to admit our fault. God, I have sinned. But there's something cathartic. I have sinned. Something beautiful about confessing. It's like you had this 
I've had a, an infection in my tooth all week. <laughs> I went into the dentist and he, this is going to be nasty, he drilled into my tooth through the root to relieve the, the infection so that the pus would come out. Isn't that gross? But what a relief it was <laughs> to get it out. That is repentance. Repentance. To admit your fault. People freely flock to confess their sins and to be baptized. They, they desired, they hungered to repent. Because through repentance also comes the promise your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Repentance is nothing more than agreeing with God. I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. And this is the message with which Isaiah comforted the people of Jerusalem. Is God's forgiveness temporary? No. Eternal. Eternal. Does God's forgiveness ever wear out? Repentance brings forgiveness, and forgiveness is forever. So he says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her, her hard service has been completed. We don't have to work to earn this salvation. Her sin has been paid for. We know how our sin was paid for. It was through the, the, the precious sacrifice of Jesus, his blood shed upon the cross, his resurrection. And she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. In exchange for our sin, he gives us his grace. And it's grace upon grace. It's mercy upon mercy. And it never wears out. Rest in that reality today. And grace does something very beautiful for you today. Grace moves God to become your loving shepherd. I love this part of Isaiah 40, chapter 11. Or chapter 40, verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. That's you. That's you. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. And what is the means through which we receive this grace to be received by God? Well, it's the word of God. A voice cries out. And I said, what shall I cry? Well, all people are like grass. All their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. What happens to the grass? It withers. What happens to the flowers? They fall. The breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers. The flowers fall. But the word of our God endures. There's no comfort apart from his word. That word that endures forever is a word of comfort. Comfort today, comfort for eternity. So I encourage you to be a person of the word. The word is that which lasts forever, for eternity. And please don't turn to things that are temporary, destructive, damaging. You have the, the greatest gift 
imaginable. The Word of God. And where does the Word ultimately lead us? Where does the Word ultimately lead us? It leads us to Jesus. Find comfort in Him today. And if you haven't heard it lately, He loves you. He really does. He loves you so much. We can't even begin to measure it. Paul, I think it's Paul who says we don't know how high or wide or deep or broad. Can't measure his love. He loves you today. Be embraced by that comforting promise. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. And help us to be a people today who are comforted in these realities. It's in your name we pray.